0: As Washington State University researchers untangle complex problems to enrich quality of life for us all, one set of newer work has been standing out, that of Dr. Richard Lamb and his lab that is teaching us how all different types of people learn, which will dramatically increase opportunity and equity in education. More information now.
1: Education News and Research. It's Education Eclipse from Washington State University.
0: And thanks so much for joining me on another edition of Education Eclipse. I'm your host, Brandon Chapman, and today I've got a very special guest with me. It's Richard Lamb, who is an assistant professor of science education measurement here at Washington State University's College of Education. He's also the director of the Neurocognition Science Laboratory. So, uh, Dr. Lamb, Neurocognition Science
1: Lab, that makes my brain hurt. It does, and... But it really describes what we do. And what we do is we look at learning across the lifespan. So we use neuroimaging, cognitive modeling, and a number of other techniques to kind of understand how learning happens across the lifespan.
0: Okay, that alone makes <laughs> makes my head hurt a little bit. Uh, when you say neurocognitive or neurocognition in this case, break it down even more for the layperson so that they understand. It obviously deals with the brain, but break that down when you say
1: from the entire lifespan what, what you're talking about. So we're interested in understanding how people learn from birth essentially to death. So we look at both aspects of the brain and physiological happenings as people learn to also look at also systems in the brain that are used in the learning process.
0: So what kind of activities do you do in the lab that help you I guess, to, to really ascertain how somebody
1: learns or or these physiological responses to, to how they learn. So some of the things we do is we take pictures of the brain as the blood is used and look at how those activities actually correspond to areas in the brain related to particular tasks in science and math and social studies and reading and English. We also take a look at some of the physiological responses we have to learning. What happens when you're to your pulse as you're learning something? What happens with your blood pressure? Where are you looking? What are you doing? All of those little things that maybe we subconsciously know about but don't actually measure most of the time when we're in an educational environment. So you're saying that you would be able to measure if a child got a
0: 2 plus 2 and they knew the answer versus they got a problem in math that they don't know how to solve or they think they don't know how to solve it and you can see what kind of response that is?
1: Absolutely, we can look at when that child knows the answer, how excited they get, we can see what areas of the brain they're using in answering that question, and even when they don't get the question correct where they're processing the information and how they're actually processing that information. Now, I've actually
0: seen the lab. It's it's pretty interesting. I've seen all the contraptions that get hooked up to people and, and have, in fact, been able to be hooked up myself. What do you find in my brain? Nothing. <laughs> Let me ask, Dr. Lamb, is this just solely research-based? Is it service-based? I mean, could school districts or, or ESDs or any anybody like
1: that come in to this lab, or, or is it maybe both? So it's really both. We have researchers across the university that make use of the lab, and we have several ESDs and superintendents who, all, who have come down to take a look at what the lab can do for the local school districts helping teachers with professional development storing data processing data looking at how students learn and the things that actually occur in the classroom so you say these school
0: districts come down they look at at the possibilities so what is the value to them i mean are we able to to help them have they come in and said yes this is this is absolutely perfect for us
1: yes several of the school districts are very interested in having their teachers come to us Uh, look at the ways in which the teachers are using teaching techniques and understanding how they actually impact the student. That's one aspect that the school districts are very interested in. They're also interested in these smart classroom environments we have where we have cameras, sensors, microphones, all this type of stuff placed around the classroom in an effort to get at how the students are learning pieces of information. We also have several physiological measures that we can hook up as teachers are teaching. In addition, we have a data center which has huge amounts of storage, huge amounts of processing capacity for big data sets, say the size of the state of Washington, national uh, data sets, and even really large international data sets that where we wanna do comparisons across cultures, across groups, across countries.
0: And all this is done in in a lab that's about uh, 500,000 square feet, right? It's about right. I've been in there. It's amazing what you can do with, with very little space, but it, it is so complex. There's no way in my mind that this, this could ever be successful if you were doing it in a silo.
1: No, you're absolutely right. One of the areas that is really important to me, both as a researcher and as a teacher and as a, a professional, is this interdisciplinary teams. So we pull from across the entire university, across neuroscience, psychology, education, communications, English, um, you name it, almost any discipline is represented in the lab. And I really work with the students to build them up as the principal investigators where they're running the teams, they're running the experiments, they're working with the various groups that come through so that they have that sense of responsibility, they have that sense of ownership of the projects. I'm there to consult and assist, and they're really the ones that are running the projects.
0: So student involvement in this case is, is huge. It sounds like you're
1: doing a lot of that. Absolutely, You know, without the students are really the next generations of researchers, they're the next generations of principals, of teachers, and so we need to work with them to build those tools that they need as they move out into the world in those capacities.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Richard Lamb, for joining me. It was a great chat about the Neurocognition Science Laboratory, and I wish you all the best moving forward.
1: Thank you very much, Brandon. I appreciate the time. Thank you for listening to Education Eclipse, a College of Education podcast from Washington State University.